All right, guys, welcome to the very first episode of Northern Exposure Podcast. I am your host, Chris Montero, and today we are going to be talking about eight great starting points when it comes to buying your first camera. Now, one thing that I want to make very clear is that story is utmost important over gear. Gear is always second because you can shoot anything on any camera, and if the story sucks, no one's going to watch it. So always focus on the story you're trying to tell first, again, whether it's through a photograph or a video, then focus on your gear. But much like tattoos, skydiving, cars, whatever you want to compare it to, getting started into camera gear can get addictive. I know I am insanely addicted to camera gear right now. My current obsession is shooting film and shooting on vintage lenses and adapting those to my A7S. But here I've compiled a list of eight great starting points when it comes to buying your first camera at varying budgets. All these budgets are based on USD, uh, just because it's a little bit more universal that way. Uh, a lot of people can do a quick conversion of their currency over to USD just because, of course, of how popular the USD is. But nonetheless, keep that in mind when you're hearing numbers going forward that these are based on USD. If any of these cameras spark your interest, of course, go check out Amazon. Go check out any of your local retailers because you never know who's going to have it on sale. I find Amazon is a great place to buy photography equipment uh, just because on a regular day when there's no sale going on, I find they're usually the cheapest price. But uh, of course, if your local place has a sale going on, then you may be able to pick it up for even less. All right, so our first budget is actually free. They say the best kind of camera is the one in your pocket, and I agree. Phone cameras have come a long way in the last couple years. Pretty much everyone has a phone these days. You're probably listening to this on your phone right now. Phone cameras have become so popular that even Hollywood is starting to use them. Started a couple years ago with a film called Tangerine, directed by Sean Baker. They shot that movie on the iPhone 5S. And now you have, of course, an even bigger filmmaker with Steven Soderbergh, and his iPhone movie coming out this March called Unsane. It was shot on the iPhone 7S, and he's actually been doing a lot of interviews for the film lately because it's playing at film festivals, and he can't stop talking about how iPhones are the future in his opinion. So of course, using the rear camera on your phone is gonna be your cheapest option when it comes to shooting video or photos. What's great about phone cameras is all the accessories that are available to you at a cheap price. Rode actually creates a microphone so for vloggers, if you're vlogging with your phone, you can add this microphone, this little, it's almost like a little shotgun mic that you can add to your phone to help get better audio. You could buy, of course, lights, tripod adapters, so you can throw this, your phone on a tripod to get that ultimate steady shot. Overall, these accessories are just gonna add and up the quality of the photos or videos you're producing with your phone. Now, of course, I have to recommend an app called Filmic Pro if you're gonna be shooting video on your phone. Uh, the reason why I recommend this app is that it allows you to have a little bit more control over your phone's camera settings versus the built-in camera app. And what's crazy about phones these days is you can do all your editing and uploading through your phone. So let's say you're making a vlog. Well, there are apps that will allow you to edit your vlog and then, of course, you can upload directly to YouTube. It's insane. Or you can edit your photos with apps like VSCO. Photoshop has an app out there. I believe Snapseed is another very popular photo editing app so you can keep your whole ecosystem on your phone when you're starting off with that and honestly with phones like the iphone 8 plus the iphone x and even some of the samsung phones and the pixel 2 you are shooting great quality images with those phones so if you don't have a huge budget to start and it's going to be cheaper for you to maybe buy a couple accessories and shoot on your new iphone instead of buying a camera then i'd highly recommend doing that a lot of these cameras shoot 4k and with the filmic pro app give you tons of control over 
your camera. Now, of course, Filmic Pro you'll have to pay for as well as the accessories. But all in all, you can have a sweet shooting setup on your phone for under 100 bucks. All right, guys, now we're going up the list to $500. Uh, so this list is full of point-and-shoot cameras. And before you turn away, I would have agreed with you a few years ago, but some of these point-and-shoot cameras that are coming out now are rivaling lower-end DSLRs. Like, it's just insane. And, you know, maybe I was naive to them years ago when I first started out on the Canon T2i. But some of these point and shoots these days are, shoot just amazing quality. And what, of course, my favorite thing about a point and shoot camera is how easily it travels. It literally just can be thrown in your pocket. A lot of point and shoots these days are roughly the same size or if not smaller than cell phones. So you should have no issue bringing these things around. One of the love-hate relationships I have with my A7S is carrying it around. It's kind of a bulky camera. You know, if I'm purposely going out to shoot, then that's no problem. But let's say I'm doing a casual night in the city, you know, I'm going out with my girlfriend or whatever it is. I don't want to be dragging this big bulky camera around, but I also want to have a camera on me for any photo opportunities. So I carry around a point and shoot, uh, which we'll talk about later in this list because it's actually on my list here. And I absolutely love it. It shoots raw images. I bring them home, edit the images in Lightroom and post them to things like Instagram. They come off amazing. People have no idea how uh, amazing some point and shoots are these days. So the first point and shoot I recommend is the Canon PowerShot ELPH360HS. I hate these model names for cameras. I wish we had a little bit of a better model name system. So this camera actually is just over $200 and you can't go wrong with it. This camera is super easy to use for all newbies out there and it has some great features for the price point. Features like image stabilization, a wide angle lens with 12 times optical zoom and a 20 megapixel sensor that shoots full 1080p HD are amazing things to have in this tiny little compact camera. I would say the only cons about this camera is that there's no mic input and it only shoots at 30 frames a second, which is perfectly fine for most people, especially if you're starting out. But if you want to add some slow motion to your vlog, then you'll have to spend a little bit more. Or if you also want to get the more cinematic 24 FPS, you'll also have to spend a little bit more. So up to our next budget, these are cameras under $600. So we're gonna start off with the Canon PowerShot G9X Mark II. So this is another great Canon uh, point and shoot. This camera retails for about $530, again, USD. And it gives you a couple more features that you don't get on the 360HS. It shares some great features, of course, like image stabilization and the 20 megapixel CMOS sensor. But where it stands on its own is that this camera can shoot up to 60 FPS in full 1080p HD. This means that you can either shoot some footage for slow motion in a 30 FPS timeline, or some people are actually shooting vlogs now at 60 FPS. I personally don't like it, but it seems to be a growing trend. What's nice too is that you're shooting this 60 frames per second in 1080p. What used to happen back in the day is you could shoot things like 60 frames per second or 120 frames per second, but you'd lose the resolution. Usually you'd go down to 720 or even standard def back in the day. The biggest downfall is there's no mic input on this camera, but it does allow you to shoot raw images. So therefore you can get better quality images out of this camera, whether it's for your Instagram feed, thumbnails for your videos, whatever it is, raw is king when it comes to getting good quality. The next camera you get, this is more for, I would say, videographers than photographers, and that is the GoPro Hero 6. 
Uh, the GoPros, of course, you've probably heard of them. They are like the Kleenex of action video cameras. I've always had a GoPro in my bag simply because of A, how small they are, but B, how high quality the images are that it can capture. And of course, with it being small, you could put it in unique areas to get some uh, interesting camera angles. I almost put the uh, GoPro Hero 5 on this list, but after seeing the tech spec differences, I would say shell out the extra 100 bucks for the Hero 6. Now, unlike pretty much every other camera on this list, you can't really tinker with the settings too much outside of changing the resolution, but that's what makes it so easy to use, especially for beginners. The Hero 6 can shoot up to 4K at 60 FPS, that's amazing. It can even shoot 240 FPS at 1080p for super slow, high quality footage. That's awesome. Like I mentioned, the GoPros have always been great camera because of how small they are. You can literally put them anywhere. If you wanna get shots of you driving, no problem. If you wanna mount it to your windshield or literally anywhere out in the car, you can do that. Maybe you wanna start a surfing or skateboarding vlog or a snowboarding vlog. There are literally tons of different accessories that allow you to strap it to one of your boards. There are literally endless amounts of accessories, so you can literally attach this thing to anything. One of my personal favorite GoPro accessories is the clamp, uh, where it just literally is just a clamp with a tripod arm sticking out of it so you can move the camera anywhere you want and attach it to pretty much anything. What's nice about the Hero 6 is that it comes with a built-in screen, which is literally the first time that's happened. GoPros, you could always get a screen, but it was an accessory you had to buy. Now it's coming built-in, which is awesome. So now you can do things like review your footage on the spot without having to upload it to a computer or use Bluetooth and absolutely drain that battery. What's also wicked about the Hero 6 is that this camera is actually waterproof. No more extra shell casing around the camera to make it waterproof. It comes waterproof. It's made to be waterproof. And it also has a mic input, so all vloggers out there, if you're going to be vlogging with the GoPro, highly recommend buying that mic for the input and start getting that nicer quality out of the GoPro. This is actually the first camera on this list outside of your phone that has a mic input. And just a side note, if you're thinking about vlogging over being a photographer, I would almost not even consider any camera that doesn't have a mic input. Now, having said that, there are some exceptions that will hit near the end. But with it being your first camera, I highly recommend that you get a camera with a mic input if you're gonna start vlogging. Just in general, if you, if you can budget for it, I would highly recommend just adding a GoPro to your camera bag. You never know when you wanna grab that extra unique shot that no other camera can get. All right, now we're getting into the under $800 range, uh, starting with the Canon PowerShot G7X Mark II. So I actually had to do a double take to see what the difference was between the G7X2 and the G9X2, the one we listed prior to the GoPro. These cameras are basically identical tech-wise, so why is the G7X2 almost $200 more? Because of that flip-up screen. This is huge for vloggers as it allows you to see what's in the frame when you're filming. And of course, if you're into if you're a photographer, you want to do some selfies, it's great for that as well. Or maybe you're taking some self-portrait. That's actually really good for it as well. Uh, there's some great Instagram accounts I follow who are people who are take self-portraits and they're so well composed and beautiful. So I, I can imagine having a screen like this helps them quite a bit when it comes to composition. This camera is insanely popular and it is used amongst YouTube creators such as Logan and Jake Paul, Lance Stewart, and Zoella, just to name a few. Uh, a couple more advantages about the G7X2 over the G9X2 is it has a slightly better battery life, a wider aperture lens, so you're shooting at an f1.8, which is great, 
which makes her better to shooting in low light situations. It also has a built-in ND filter for shooting in bright conditions. That is also insanely useful to have. If you don't know anything yet about what F1.8 means or ND filters mean, we'll definitely be talking about those in future episodes. But for this camera at this price point to have that kind of stuff built in is amazing. The biggest con about this camera is that it still only shoots full 1080p. Uh, which is fine, but I'm just not sure why this camera seems to be more popular than the next one on our list, and that is the Panasonic Lumix DMC LX10. Uh, so I have to admit, before I made this list, I didn't even know this camera existed, but after researching its tech specs, I can't believe it's actually not as popular as uh, the G7X2 is. Uh, it shares a lot of similarities with the G7X2, but where this camera outshines Canon's is the ability to shoot 4K video. So under eight, so at $800 USD, you're shooting 4K video on this thing. You have a time-lapse mode built into this camera, which is super nice. Uh, so you can start adding maybe some you know time-lapses to your vlogs, or you could just start shooting time-lapses in general. You also have a wider aperture on this camera with an f1.4, so even better results in low light. I would say this camera is easily the best bang for your buck on this whole list. Uh, so yeah, highly recommend the Panasonic Lumix LX10. Uh, just an overall great camera. And our last camera to be on the $800 budget list is the Panasonic Lumix DMC FZ1000. This camera shares a lot of the same tech specs as the cameras I listed already, but there are a couple things that help it stand out from the crowd. The FZ1000 is shaped like a DSLR, so it's a little bit bulkier than the point and shoots I've listed on this list. But it also comes with a built-in lens that starts with 24 millimeter and it goes all the way to 400 millimeter. Uh, which is a huge focal range, and no other camera on this list can rival that. It shoots 4K at 30 frames a second. It shoots 1080p at 60 frames a second. It has a flip-out screen. It has a mic input with a hot shoe mount, so you can attach something like the Rode VideoMic Pro to help get better audio. Like the LX10, it also has a time-lapse mode built in, as well as image stabilization, which will be extremely helpful when shooting with those longer focal lengths. I had a hard time deciding whether or not I should include the camera on this list over something like the Canon T7i. Although the Canon T7i has the ability to change lenses, and of course Canon's lens selection is amazing, the FZ1000 can shoot 4K versus the T7i is only shooting at 1080p still, and it has more features overall than the T7i. Lenses can cost a fortune, uh, so if you want to start shooting with a camera that has the ability to change lenses, they actually recommend shooting with the camera that's last on this list. But before that, we have the under 1000 price point. And with that, we're going to talk about the Sony Cybershot DSC RX100 4. Now, they do have the 5 out, but if you can find the 4, it'll help you save a couple bucks. Literally, the only difference between the 4 and the 5 is autofocus points. So as long as you don't mind it not having as many autofocus points, you'll save at least 100 or so bucks. This is personally my favorite point-and-shoot camera. I've become a big Sony fanboy in the last year. And the RX100 series has always been highly regarded for their quality and features. Uh, this camera is very similar to the Panasonic LX10, but what makes the Sony RX100 4 stand out for me is the electronic viewfinder, which no other point-and-shoot camera has on this list. It also has the ability to shoot slow motion up to 240 frames a second. It can technically go up to 1,000 frames per second, but you're sacrificing image quality, so I personally don't like to go higher than 240. Again, this also has a built-in ND filter and a slightly longer battery life than most of the cameras. For a difference of $300, if those extra features aren't important to you, I would say you're better off to go with the Panasonic LX10. 
But if you can budget for it, then the Sony RX100 IV won't be a disappointment. All right, and the last camera on this list is also the most expensive camera on this list, and that is the Canon 6D Mark II. Now, it is an expensive camera, but if you can budget for it, this will be a camera you'll use for a long time. Not only because it's a full frame DSLR, so photography wise, you literally won't have to upgrade from this for a, quite a while, but it's actually the only full frame camera to also have a flip out screen. This is actually, I would say, one of the more perfect travel cameras because you can double it as a photo and a video camera. A lot of the times, especially when I was shooting with the GH4, I actually had the Canon 6D. And so whenever I was doing photography, I'd only shoot on the Canon 6D. Whenever I was shooting video, I'd shoot on the GH4. Well, the Canon 60 Mark II, as long as you're okay with that 1080p, it doesn't shoot 4K, it doesn't shoot slow motion, but it's a full, it, like I said, it's a full frame camera with a swivel screen, which may not sound important to you, but as a vlogger, this would be huge. And as well as having Canon's full frame sensors, they always produce amazing images straight out of the camera. Very little color correcting needs to be done with Canon's color science. Paired with something like the Canon L series 24 to 105, this camera is a powerhouse for YouTube filmmaking. Vloggers such as Peter McKinnon and Casey Neistat have actually just made the switch to this camera because of how good the images look. Some other great features on this camera include long battery life, great autofocus, and it's weather sealed, so you can shoot in basically any weather conditions. Here's a bonus tip. Uh, buying used camera gear can actually be very beneficial to your wallet. I buy used camera gear all the time because not only does it save you money, but you can also buy potentially better gear for less. So cameras like the Panasonic GH4 are on eBay for under $1,000. And yes, it's an older model camera with the GH5 and now the GH5S being out. But this thing was all the rage when it came out. That's one of the reasons why I got it. Uh, this GH4 shoots beautiful 4K video, has a flip out screen, a mic input. Shoots buttery smooth slow motion up to 96 frames per second in 1080p. And you're getting all that for under $1,000. That is amazing. So if you're looking into camera equipment, look at used gear because it'll save you a lot in the long run. Like I said, I've been shooting professionally for years now and I still buy used camera gear simply because of how much you'll save. Usually the camera gear is in pretty good condition. And there you have it guys, eight great starter cameras for all you aspiring photographers and videographers out there looking to purchase your first camera. When it comes to cameras, unfortunately, there's no one-size-fits-all solution, but uh, just do your research and find out, think about what kind of product you want to put out in the world. Do you want to do more photography, but want something that can slip into your pocket? Then maybe something like the RX100 or the G7X might be a better camera for you. Are you going to be more video-focused? Then maybe the FZ1000 is a better camera for you. Like I said, think about what kind of product you want to put out there and then pick accordingly. Like I said at the top of this episode, camera gear gets insanely addictive, so don't think of this as the be-all, end-all, because if you're like me, once you start getting into this camera gear stuff, you won't be able to stop. And, you know, a year down the line, if you're really into it, you'll probably have a bunch of different gear, whether it's for accessories or whatever it is. Thanks again for listening to this episode. Please like, subscribe, follow, review, whatever you can. If you like the podcast, it'd be greatly appreciated. Don't forget to send me a message, chrismonterodp at gmail.com or Instagram, chrismonterodp. I love to hear from you guys. Love to hear notes, thoughts, opinions, etc. Thanks again and stay tuned for the next episode.